Hey, before we start this episode, just want to remind you that the Fearless Woman's Guide to Starting a Business is available everywhere that you like to buy books, and you can get it in paperback, Kindle, and even as an audiobook. I'll have links on where you can purchase in the podcast notes. Okay, back onto the show. You are listening to One Broken Mom, a podcast dedicated to raising awareness about mental health, parenting, and self-improvement. I'm the host, Ami Quirconi. One Broken Mom is not a family show. It is intended for adults only and may contain adult language. Sometimes the topics are serious, but you can count on the episodes to be entertaining. Also, One Broken Mom is not offering any psychiatric or medical diagnosis. We're just here giving away useful and important information. So, if you're ready to hear real talk by real people so that we can all get better together, then you're in the right place, and welcome. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this special episode of One Broken Mom. As some of you probably expected, I wasn't going to be releasing any new episodes until May when I would be kicking off season three. And I had scheduled some time in the off-season to be able to do some of my interviews for that, and one of them was with Wendy Bahari. Now, as you all know, as you're listening to this, this is uh, I recorded this on March 20th of 2020, and a pandemic has broken out worldwide. So when Wendy and I had planned on having our conversation today about leadership and ego and how that influences us in business and at work, I asked her if she would take a few extra minutes to talk with me a bit about what's happening in our world right now around us. Uh, what we should and can expect for us in terms of how we're all feeling and responding, and in particular, how events like this can be very unsettling um, for people that have a history of trauma. What's happening today is not the norm by any stretch of the imagination. Our brains love to have simple and automatic, and they love to play the script that they've spent so much time programming while we were kids. So when any of us are confronted with a situation that requires us to have no script at all for how life should play out, it's incredibly stressful. We handle stress differently. We feel it differently. We um, definitely will go through ups and downs. We're not going to be at a constant pace all the way through this stressful period. And so because I respect Wendy so much um, and value her so much, I wanted to have her talk with us a little bit about. So we spend a little bit of time talking at the beginning of the interview, and then uh, I will progress on into what I had planned on going into season three. So that's going to cut out. And so you'll hear that at the end um, as we transition. So this isn't one of my longer interviews, but I think that it may be one of my more important ones. So thank you very much for tuning in, and I hope this helps. All right, everyone, welcome back. We are now in season three of One Broken Mom, and I'm super excited to have back with me a person that I'm just has been a, a big part of the show, a big uh, guest that a lot of you have really resonated with, really loved hearing about. Um, it is Wendy Bahari, and she's the author of Disarming the Narcissist. And of course, there'll be links for being able to get that book. Um, you've heard us talk a, an awful lot about narcissism and narcissistic personality disorders as they mainly pertain to our personal lives. But I have her on today to talk about how 
ego and dysfunction actually can play out in business relationships um, because we can actually see this in leadership at the global um, levels and as well as our local levels. But we also, um, I know from my experience as a business coach and also just, you know, we all go to a job. Most of us go to a job every day. Um, we can see where uh, ego and dysfunction can actually pop up in our organizations that we work in. And they don't necessarily have to happen in people that are in a leadership or a management role per se, but we still have people around us that may be driven by something that may be more independent and egocentric motivators that um, impacts our work experience with them and may even be impacting ourselves. So welcome back to the show, Wendy. Thank you, Ami. It's so great to be back with you. I, well, we were talking offline um, right now. Um, we are recording this. It is March 20th of 2020. Um, this episode's not going to publish until May, but it's worth noting for historic purposes that we're going to document that we're in the midst of the coronavirus pandemic. Mm -hmm. um, I'm in Washington State, and in particular the Seattle area, which um, where everybody will know and they'll read in the history books, this is where it began in the United States. So mm -hmm. it's been an interesting and surreal uh, month now of living here. Uh, you are out on the East Coast, though. You're in the New Jersey area. Is that correct? That's right. Okay. Yeah, and New York's cases have just overtaken Washington's cases as we're, as we're talking about this right now. So there's a lot of activity going on in your area, too, for people, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's a, it's a scary time. You know, there's a lot of anxiety looming large. And, um, you know, we'll see. We're, we're doing the best we can to do our part to stay put. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Um, it's interesting. Um, and so I wanted to talk a little bit here early before we get into the interview about this, because there is a lot going on. And I've noticed, um, you know, you know, social media, a lot of us are working from home, obviously. And so we're mm -hmm. tapping into social media a little bit more. And there's such a variety of expressions out there of how people are handling this from uh, being really angry to being in denial to being um, some people really openly sharing how surprised they are by their emotions just being right at the surface that they don't think that they're panicked and they think they're holding everything together but at the same time find that it's very easy for them to be um, you know to break down and cry or to get yes. very mad at somebody um, are you seeing any increases in requests for your services right now through this time from the from the people that you work with and your patients yeah, absolutely. There's definitely been a rise. It's, um, you know, it's interesting because there's this thing I've been talking to a lot of my patients about, which is it's reasonable, right? It's reasonable for all of us to be feeling afraid, to feel anxious, to feel, feel worried for our own health, for the health of our loved ones, especially if you have elder parents or other people that you care about who have underlying health conditions. This is all reasonable, you know, anxiety. It's not what we would call the pathology of anxiety. But then, you know, there are those where the intensity at times can become stronger. So it's like there's another little bell that's going off and it's often happening behind the scenes. It's dredging up something that may be very old and unrecognizable in the present moment. So you're feeling an intensity because deep down, you know, you dive in deep and you find darker moments in once upon a time where there may have been trauma, abuse, rejection, loss, um, feeling alone, feeling deprived. People are feeling alone. And while there's plenty to do, we can be creative and find things to do and connect like this. I was excited to sit down with you today. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> uh, 
his, it, but you know, there is this aloneness kind of quality, this isolation. And if that's a part of your background experience of maybe being bullied or rejected or shut out, it can at times, you know, that can get stirred up when you're feeling upset in this very reasonably, you know, anxious time. Um, and so we have to look, you know, at, at kind of look at levels of intensity and see if we can get a little deeper within ourselves and, and calm those parts of us that might be, you know, getting um, stirred up in memory. Mm-hmm. Do you, are there any things that you've been uh, suggesting for people in particular, especially since um, we're all sheltering in place, you know, started off as social distancing and now it is, um, you know, the next level, which is staying home and not going out. Mm-hmm. And as we know, the, you know, we're wired to connect with one another. I I mean, our nervous systems prosper when we're able to be around people, especially if they're warm and supportive. And so, so how do, how do you um, suggest people that are feeling particularly lonely in their homes? How do they maintain and strengthen that part of it so that they don't become overwhelmed by that loneliness? To whatever degree, if they can connect like this on, you know, through virtual experiences, get on the phone, talk to people. Um, connect online, but also if you're really, you know, you're you're doing all that and you're still struggling, there's this beautiful strategy called sensory experience where, you know, you pay attention to the fact that something in your body is sending a signal that feels a bit unbearable in this moment. And you may not know what it is, or you may, and if you know what it is, then you can really reach in and embrace that vulnerable part of you from once upon a time just really hold yourself with a lot of tender loving care Um, if you're not quite sure what it is you can take a respite just by noticing where you're feeling it in your body right where is that intensity coming up where is it up here is it in my gut is it just in my head where is it i'm tense i'm a little nauseous i'm upset and look for a place. I mean, this is a, a beautiful strategy from a colleague of mine who's really an expert in this area of helping people when trauma gets triggered to look for that place in your body that's still. So while I have all this upset that I'm feeling in this moment, where is that place in my body that's actually calm and still? And it might be your little pinky. Mm-hmm. So you can just take your attention over there to your little pinky and just stay there for a moment and notice the stillness and the quiet and take some breaths and the peace and your little pinky. And then just slowly you can slide back into that distressful place and mm, yeah, still pretty upset. Slide back again, bring your attention here. There's something very empowering when we direct our attention to the places in our body that are calm mm-hmm. and we stay there and we come back and you just sort of change direction. It will subside in time it's hard and i think we'll all need practices and just breathing and connecting as much as we can with others and noticing our body and remembering our little selves that may be getting somewhat tormented during these times because of memories that are getting stirred up mm-hmm. oh for sure and with the um you know the added pressure you know there's this this entirely large dynamic of, of where, you know, some small populations of people are more vulnerable. They happen to be parents for some people. Um, And so if you have a, um, I think a a complicated relationship with your parent and now they're in a vulnerable state, I can imagine that that just really 
churns up a lot of really complicated and stressful emotions sure. about like what to do, you know, how should sure. I do that? And, you know, in my experience, personal experience, you know, dealing with, um, with where the narcissistic personalities have weaved in and out of my life, um, the, sometimes they do originate in the home. That's where they began. And then they carried out into, you know, all the other personal relationships thereafter. Yeah. Um, if we're dealing with somebody that is of that mindset right now, they, I would imagine they, their demands have increased dramatically at this point in time, especially if they're concerned about their own safety and their own well-being and their own needs, right? Like before right. these were people that were really needy to begin with. <laughs> and now you've got this amplified in some ways. Um, you know, how do we fortify ourselves even more in a time mm -hmm. like this? Because this mm -hmm. can be, I think, a, you know, um, you know, that's that extra level of stress that not a lot of people really think about um, outside mm -hmm. of that. But I, I know for the people listening to One Broken Mom, this is sometimes their reality. They've got that, that worrisome parent now who's now even more, more so. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And they can be more demanding and that parent can be actually ent feel entitled to have your full attention and cooperation at a time like this as, you know, is, is kind of what they've always done. But it, now it's ramped up, as you just said so beautifully. And you really have to ask yourself that question. What is the cost to me? What is the consequence to me of stepping beyond my own boundary now? Um, if I don't reach out, will I live in the land of regret? You know, will I be able to bear that? If I do reach out, will I be lambasting myself for having crossed that line that I promised I would never break? You know, I'd always keep that limit intact and I've worked so hard to form that limit with this very difficult narcissistic parent. Um, so it's really engaging in a very thoughtful dialogue with your healthy adult self, but this is the key. You want to be sure that it doesn't become your little self, your most vulnerable self, who's engaged in this conversation, because then it's a no-win. You know, for your little self, it's all give in, submit, um, get stepped on again, uh, be taken advantage of, feel lost, feel disempowered. This really has to be a thoughtful decision executed by your healthy adult self. So you want to check, stop, breathe, make sure this is the adult you who's taking a look at this cost-benefit analysis and figuring out what can I do that would come from the generosity of my heart just towards another human being who's at risk versus what do I do that, you know, might really put me, put me in emotional risk mm -hmm. uh, if I step too far in right now. Mm -hmm. That's great. That's good. Um, because a lot of us are definitely vacillating much more between little self, adult self, and little self, adult self. Um, you know, one of the things that, uh, that I have had to, and I, this actually started, and not a lot of people know this. In fact, very few people, except for some folks close to me, um, you know, I, as we're part of our conversation today is going to be some things that are going to appear in a book that I have coming out later in 2020. Mm -hmm. um, and when I found out the news um, that the publisher um, had accepted the proposal and was ready to um, help me bring this dream to life. Um, I started with a big high point followed by a complete low point because I was used to the script in my head of you never get anything that you want 
you know, mm-hmm. you can hope and dream all you want, but eventually it's going to like, you're never going to get it. Like you're going to die. And I literally had those thoughts like right after I got it, that I was probably never going to live to see my book being published. And so <laughs> now there's this pandemic <laughs> here and I'm just like, you know, biting my nails, but I've had to, you know, and everybody's like, I mean, karma doesn't work like that. <laughs> you know? It's like, they're unrelated. So don't worry about those kinds of things. But you know, there, there is this, you know, for people that have maybe, um, uh, thoughts, you know, sometimes that is a, that was a survival tactic for me or kind of a reality for me of, of disappointment, you know, that goes back to childhood. And so when we're confronted with, um, you know, impending doom and death around us, um, whether we're, you know, a factor in that or not, it, that can also kind of start to conjure up those things of disappointment can feel like death, I guess is what I'm saying. And that, um, and especially as a child, that's how it, it's sensed is everything dies. My ideas die. My dreams die. Who I really am going to be is never going to come to life. It's never going to come to fruition. And then when you have death really laced in, it seems like that could be a part of that underlying anxiety that people, um, you know, end up fearing. And I feel like for me, that's why some of my surfaces are, you know, my emotions are at the surface really close because I'm battling back down those unfounded childhood fears, mm, you know, yeah. from things. And I don't know how many other people might be feeling a little mm. bit like that as well. That is an absolutely beautiful example of what I was saying about how our earlier experiences get caught in the mix in times like this. We call this pandemic a condition, you know, for activating those types of early experiences. And then it becomes really complicated, as you just described so well. It's you know, is this my punishment? Is this my ultimate punishment? Because I knew one day I would just be punished. I know that's how the world works. I knew it was just a matter of time before I would be all alone and lost and ultimately, you know, dead, you know, punished for being the bad, unlovable me that I felt when I was very little. And wow, you know, this is, this is that condition that can reach and we call it like the fertile soil for our early maladaptive schemas, right? These life themes, that have been in there, maybe even embedded for such a long time that we've forgotten about them, thankfully. But Mm -hmm. now under this condition, they get reawakened. And here we are, like, as you just said, you know, now I'm not going to live to realize my dream. You know, it was bound to happen. And it's sort of like this predictor of truth and life that comes and we have to really pay attention so that we can say, no, that was then, that was then. And it wasn't even true then. What was true then that I was that I was a a little thing who was a victim of circumstances that were horrific and unfair. And I was burdened and it wasn't just, and I survived it. And, but there's no truth in the messages I was given as a result of those experiences. So, you know, teasing out the message from the experience is so critical in times like this. Mm-hmm. Because it's yeah. easy to reattach it to this time. Right. I, and I felt kind of grateful for the fact that I actually had my moment back in January where I was like, because <laughs> the, it, it, the, the way it struck me was, hold on a second, because I have all these journals, I have all these things that I had written when I was a, you know, when I was a, a, a teenager and, and before I became a teenager. And I remembered, God, you kept writing about the girl who got, who became famous, was a rock star, was a whatever, but then she died. And I said, you're, you're replaying your childhood story in your head. You're replaying your literature that you wrote as a kid. And once I did that and I realized that I had just made a life-size version or, you know, a real version of what I'd been writing about, I was like, okay, this is trauma, (laughs) you know, and then it was meditating and it was reminding myself that 
No, you've just got this really well-rehearsed story in your head that you've been playing over and over again in order to cope and deal when you, when you were younger. Mm -hmm. And, um, and here you are. And so then, then it's like, okay, then a pandemic lands at your doorstep and you're like, wow, I've already gone through this. Like just a couple months ago, I already kind of went through this mental exercise, but not everybody had that benefit. So people, like you just said, this is a whole different thing. And Mm -hmm. a lot of things that we didn't even know you know, we're going to bother us or bother us are coming up because we've all been thrust into something out of the, you know, out of the extreme ordinary for everyone, you know. Yeah, it goes back to that thing I've said before, where it's the magnificence of the brain, where the brain is an amazing organ, right? It's so chock full of, you know, imagination, creativity, thoughtfulness, etc. But it's also stupid because it can't tell time. It just doesn't tell time so well. So here we are as if it's not bad enough dealing with coronavirus that, you know, the brain is now dredging up things from our once upon a time. And when you tell that story, that personal experience, you know, I just want to, you know, I just want to reach in and say to little Ami, you know, you're fine. You're really good. You know, it's all, it's all good. We got you now, you know, and that's what I think each of us has to do for our little self is like, I got you, you know, that's the old, that, that was then that's old. That's once upon a time you're with me now. And yeah, it's a scary time right now, but I'm here and I'm a grown up, and we're going to do everything we can to be safe. Mm-hmm. Right. It's not your fault. And it's not, you know, you didn't make anything bad happen. And not, you know, I'm not going to let anything happen to you the same way we would speak to our children. You know, if we had little ones, the way we would talk to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And some people, you know, have that benefit. And I, like I've said before that I think that uh, children do help us realize how we should be talking to ourselves because yeah. we would never say the things to ourselves, to our kids. We know instinctively that, you know, that that's not what they need mm-hmm. to hear. Well, I'd say some of us know instinctively, but in general, we know um, that our, we're motivated to protect them as much as possible, mm-hmm. but we forget to protect ourselves. So yeah. um, now, so I've, this will lead into uh, this conversation. I think this is important. And so for everybody that's listening, um, uh, this is, I'm clipping this out. I'm going to publish this right away so that uh, people between seasons will be able to hear this discussion because it's relevant today. Um, And so then what you're going to hear is probably a replay of this maybe in a couple of months, but then I'm going to go into what I, what we were going to talk about, which is this ego and leadership. And so the stress that we've just described is undoubtedly going to creep up and work. (laughs) Um, And so what do you recommend for organizations and businesses to handle and address the mental health concerns and the mental well-being of their employees during times like this? Because I think um, some people isolate business brain from personal brain and think that we can just leave everything at the doorstep. But um, right now, businesses have this new complexity on top of them with their employees, staff, all of us going through whatever versions we've got going in. So um, do you have any advice for companies right now with handling um, a workforce that's under a lot of duress? You know, now more than ever, I think the word empathy, which, you know, I'm an empathy junkie and I always talk about empathy and the power of it. But I think now more than ever, everyone needs to engage, especially leaders and people running organizations. They need to engage in empathy. I mean, look, look at leaders are going through it, too. People running their own companies are experiencing a lot of fear and and worry. We've got to remember that, you know, the employees and all the people who come in and make for this, this whole that comes together, 
there's a lot of suffering going on. And we want to take our time to try to imagine getting into the bones of someone else's experience and know that there's fear and there's doubt and there's worry and there's yeah, there's real crises for so many people who just are not quite sure how they're going to put food on their table or pay their bills, um, how they're going to readjust. It's that whole, you know, transitioning when we get back to work, transitioning into being among one another again. And it will be strange and there will be tendencies towards, you know, fear and, and the fear of disruption or the rug getting pulled out from under us once again. So I think you know, lots of empathy. I, if I were, you know, encouraging leaders, I would say, you know, have some roundtables, sit down with people, you know, host some opportunities just to talk and share what it's been like and what you need to feel strong and fortified going forward. Find out what people need. And I don't mean just the tangible things. What do they need in the way of just reassurances or, you know, thanks for being there. Thanks for hanging in there, you know, something. Um, that that might provide encouragement in a sense of you know I see you and I know you, and I know this is this is a hard experience to live through. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great idea, especially now that a lot of companies are figuring out how to do web conferencing for the first time. So, <laughs> out of necessity, but it is an opportunity, and I've encouraged other people to do that. You know, instead of just talking on the phone, FaceTiming more often. Yeah. Um, you know, I know the the nursing company that I work with during the day. Um, was relatively resistant to web conferencing. I kept pushing it for quite a while. Um, and then now all of a sudden we're all getting online and we're all getting past our fears of being yeah. seen without our makeup on or in our sweats and, <laughs> you know, and all that other stuff. Um, but your point of being able to bring people together, you know, maybe um, periodically to just touch base face to face with as many people as yeah. possible in your organization is really, I think that's a really great idea. So if anybody listening there, if you have opportunities to do that, find ways um, to reconnect um, with your maybe some of your customers even or um, definitely within your people in your company. Mm-hmm. So again, thank you everybody for listening in. I hope this was something that was valuable to you um, as you're all dealing and in, in understanding what to do in this very interesting and uh, obviously extremely challenging time that we're in right now. A lot of us are affected in many different ways. Um, Some of us, like myself, are immune compromised. And so this, what's happening has a whole other level of uh, concern that we deal with. And um, as you guys know, and why you're here listening, you know, I have my own histories to work through. And as you heard me just share with Wendy, a couple of those experiences, um, this is tough. And I figured Um, Like always, with everything that I do with One Broken Mom, if I'm experiencing it, then you guys are experiencing it too. So why not talk about it? Because again, at the end of the day, we're all here to get better together. So if any of you are having some problems, difficulties, want to hear something discussed, um, I'm willing to to consider doing a couple of special episodes here before I actually kick off the, uh, the official season in May again. And I would love to hear from you. So don't hesitate to send me an email. Um, I hope I can answer them all quickly and, and give you as much information as soon as possible. Um, but like we're all trying to figure out what life looks like right now. So anyways, but if you do have something that you'd like to hear discussed, if there's some questions that you have about how to handle your certain dynamic in the course of a pandemic that's going around, um, please send me an email, um, ami at amiquiricone.com. Until then, please, everybody, stay safe, wash your hands, flatten that curve, and we'll all come out of this on the end together. Thanks. Thank you for listening to One Broken Mom. 
You can find podcast notes on my website at amiquiricone.com. And there I'll provide all links to all of the resources that we mentioned on the episode. Also, if you have any questions, comments, or ideas for other episodes, feel free to send me an email. And if you are interested in sponsoring the show, I'd love to have you be a part of the team. Finally, if you like what you hear, please share the podcast and leave a review so that others can find it. We are all here to get better together. I am the host, Ami Kirkoni, and as always, I am super grateful to have you as a listener. Until next time, have a great day.